Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Geek Philosophers. Today's episode is called, Which Ninja Turtle is a Vacuum Cleaner? Enjoy. Welcome to the Paper Cuts Podcast, everyone. My name is Dean DeFalco, and I have some friends here with me today. Uh, we're going to be talking about some comics, but before I do that, let me introduce the people that I'll be talking to. Uh, we have Evan Goldstein. Good evening. We have Dan the Man Ryan. What's up, everybody? And we have Nick Monte Cristo Grillo. <laughs> How you all doing? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, boys, let's start this off right. I'm going to hand it off to uh, the the man with the plan, Evan. Evan, uh, what what have what have you been reading? Uh, well, this week I actually partook in the Guardians of the Galaxy one shot, Galaxy's Most Wanted. Um, interesting. I did know that Rocket and Groot were, you know, the the, the bounty hunters, but I never really pictured them, you know just being by themselves, bounty hunting. And that's what this book was about. It was uh, them going on a bounty, and then things get all switched up where they're hunting Rocket and Groot saves and so on and so forth. The issue stands is that the, 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 the art was so cartoony that I couldn't... It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a heavier story. Like, it's bounty hunting. It's not something I want to see in, you know, SpongeBob-style artwork. Um... <laughs> Well, it, it, it took me out of the story, even it, though it was a real short story. It wasn't uh, Scotty Young doing it, was it? Because I know no, 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 no. It wasn't cutesy. It was. <laughs> it was. It was. It looked. It. It was just cartoony. Okay, um, fair enough. It is. You know, it's a. It's a full size book. It's you know, it's, you know, four bucks for a one shot. That I doubt I'm going to see get another one, because the second half of the book was a, a reprint of. I, I'm under assumption that it was the first time Thor interacted with Drax. Now, this is a, that's a, a classic old-school book in repurposed in this, and I wanted to present the question to you guys, is when you buy a full-priced book looking to get a full-priced story, how do you feel when you see that You know, 50% of that book is just repurposed? It's repurposed information that you may possibly already own or don't own because you didn't want it. Well, you know, it, it's it's nice to maybe get some backstory on, you know, stuff coming out because, of course, Guardians is the big thing right now, like the Avengers was uh, last year or two years ago, whatever. Right. But, you know, when you're paying four ninety nine, you want a new story. You don't want the, the backstory. You could buy a trade paperback or just get an older issue if you want to know uh, more of the, the older stuff. When when you buy a new book, you want new material. That that's the incentive is that you're going to get something you haven't read before or haven't experienced. If you're gonna do something like that, it should be clearly advertised on the front of the book. And if it's not, well, you know, you're you're misrepresenting your book to your uh, prospecting uh, right. contributors. Yeah, and I fully I fully agree with that. And I said I gave it, you know. A half a chance because hey there's some characters that are coming out in this movie that people may not know about so let them sprinkle in a certain you know information wherever they can but it's not even the Drax in the movie it's not the same guy you know spoiler in the comic run Drax dies and comes back as the Drax that we know now it's a gooey sort of mess but this is a dude <laughs> in in, in purple pants with a big purple cape and no scarring or tattoo effect that everybody's going to see in the movie. Everybody, apparently. He's not Tony Batista? He might be wearing purple pants and a cape. I I don't know. (laughs) But it's, it's, it's a stretch because a kid, a kid picks up this book and reads this Thor number 314. It shows the, just Drax the destroyer on the cover. That's not, it's not Batista. I mean, Batista's close to what we know of in the comics now. I don't, I don't understand it. It's, it's not helping anybody with that bit of information. Right, right. I mean, okay. Well, I guess we could look at it this way that, you know, when they, they did the whole Iron Man thing and Avengers stuff, a lot of the stuff that Marvel put out was reprints. I mean, did we feel the same way about any of that? I don't yeah, know. I think it really, like, I think it's really character-dependent. 
of, you know, because there are Spider-Man books that come out that retell the origin story of Spider-Man. And it's like, look, I, who doesn't know this? I have five-year-olds. They know that Uncle Ben died, and that's why Spider-Man is Spider-Man. They know that Bruce Wayne's parents died, and that's why he's Batman. And they're five. They, they understand that. Some of these origin stories have become almost canon in our lives, like in real life. Now, with something like Guardians of the Galaxy, I can see how you would want to put out a, a book not just for new readers, but perhaps for lapsed readers as well, because back in the 90s, the Guardians of the Galaxy were certainly not what they are today. You know, back then you had Yondu and Charlie 27 and Major Victory, I think. And Yeah, completely different. Team. Yeah, c- completely different. But to then... So, so like, I get it. I get why they would want to put that in there. But to then put a Drax story where it's the purple pants wearing Drax and he's much, much bigger. He's almost built like Thanos size at, the, at that point. He's not the, uh, the svelte body hunt or bodybuilding bounty hunter that he is now. I mean, he was huge back then. So I, I, think, I think you raise a fair point that it's why even bother with this if it has nothing to do with what's coming out well all right uh, another thing is did anyone feel that this movie was obscure maybe to people who don't follow comics no no not at all i thought they did uh, a great uh, job of, of describing who these guys were um bringing the team together was it was interesting oh and... no, no no i'm not saying while watching Uh-oh. the movie oh. I, I mean just yes. as they announced the movie like was, yes. was this an obscure choice because you know um, yeah, lo- yeah. looking at this like I, I, I follow a bit of Marvel, but I'm mainly a DC guy, and I know vaguely who the Guardians of the Galaxy were before this whole, yeah. you know, fanfare happened. But, you know, I, I, I was like, well, this is, this is going to be different, and I read up a little bit about them. I read some of the books, and I liked what I saw, so I was excited when uh, the date got closer. But, I mean, why don't you guys tell me what you think about this? Yeah, you know, with, with the movies and stuff like that, I, I didn't even... Um, do my research with about about this book. They they appeared in X Men recently, so that was my you know familiarity with them. And you know I thought it was cool what they did in, in those uh, all new X Men books. But and then I read um, Gardens of Galaxy pre the prequel book whatever that was. And I read one issue and then I fell off on it. I I couldn't keep up and I, I didn't want to. I just wanted this to, to be a fresh experience. I, I stopped watching the trailers, um, you know, after the first one and I didn't want to see anything because I, I thought it was going to be such a fun movie, which it was, that I didn't want to spoil like any minutes of it. See, so. but the, the, the fact is we have all been reading comic books for a certain amount of time, whether it be years, decades or whatnot. And we all had that same moment when Marvel came out and said, we're going to make a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Every one of us went, what? Yeah. Well, Why? <laughs> and I thought the public would never buy the, the, the Groot or Rocket. And, you know, they've been eating it up. And, and, I, and it was, they did them well. Yeah. The, the, the way the movies were going, and when I say the movies, I mean like Avengers and Captain America, they needed to take it off planet. Like it has to go because they have this yeah. gigantic story to tell. And if they don't throw something like Guardians in, it's going to be, you know, the end of Captain America 3 and boom, we're in space. Because that's where it's going. It has to go there. Because they're, they, they've already in all of the Avengers movies and, and Thor movies, they're saying what we're dealing with is way bigger than Earth. Yeah, well, and you can't have Earth be at stakes in every single movie. Like, you know, so far in Avengers, the Earth was at stake. In Thor, Earth was at stake. So you, you got to take it. You have a new environment to, to put in danger. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah. And- Eventually, you hit, you hit this, this point where even while watching um, The Winter Soldier, which I, I loved, I, I really thought I, I'm like every Marvel movie, I think, has been better than the last one, maybe with the exception of Iron Man 2. But they continue to be great. Mm-hmm. You know, they continue to be just really, really solid, solid flicks. And even even knowing as much as I know about comic books and knowing why these things happen, watching Captain America the Winter Soldier, I think they really started to run into that problem because when, you know, without giving spoilers away for a movie that came out months and months ago, but when everything goes off the rails in a big, bad way in the Winter Soldier – 
my first thought was, why isn't Iron Man here? <laughs> where, where is the like? <laughs> What, why aren't exactly. you helping him? Yeah. Like, he's your he's, friend. He's, yeah, he's your boy. He could use some help here. Show up, you dicks. You know, so, like, I think you're right. They do have to eventually move that off-world a little bit or tell different kinds of stories. I think it's one of the great things about them trying to get an Ant-Man movie going. You know, people look at that and they're like, why the hell would you do Ant-Man? Well, we can't do the Earth is going to blow up in... 30 minutes every single time the ant-man movie gives you an opportunity to tell a smaller story same thing i don't know yeah but that's gonna lead up to (laughs) avengers and no sure sure and And we all saw the posters that came out for uh for at at comic-con down there with all the um ultrons around every single member of the avengers so it looks like once again the world's gonna be at stake and oh, sure. Be... And, and that's like, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. For yeah, the Avengers, I, I'm but... down for the ride. <laughs> you know, all, all I care about is Paul Rudd as Ant-Man. That's that's the only thing I care about. <laughs> I love me, Paul Rudd. Yeah. Who doesn't? That man is a national treasure. Oh, he is. <laughs> but like with uh, with the Doctor Strange movie that's rumored to be uh, being casted very soon and, and going forward with that, that works very well because you can take that into the mystical realm and you don't have to have the Earth being threatened again. Well, the, the other thing is Marvel's kind of breaking their barrier that DC never could. They're expanding beyond what people are comfortable uh, just knowing in general. Not many people know about Doctor Strange outside of the comic world, so this is going far beyond uh, you know what DC has ever accomplished because... Let's face it, Superman and Batman are their, their money makers. Now, while they're trying to do stuff uh, and get into the same realm that Marvel is, they're doing it a lot slower. Marvel's had a huge lead on this type of stuff compared to what DC's been doing lately. Yeah, there, there was a great, a great picture that came out. Um, it was some meme on the internet, but it was, you know, a, an executive at DC saying, you know, we can't do Wonder Woman because it's hard. <laughs> and then, you know, there was a picture of a Marvel executive going, a, a raccoon and a tree? Fuck it. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. and like... <laughs> sold and sold. Yeah. yeah, done and done. But does the tree say only three words? <laughs> How they did made that of... work is beyond me. I'd the fuck, man. And they did. They did. Did, really did any did. of you guys... But... That's the easiest the, uh... thing, though. That's just like the Hulk in Avengers. You know, you have a guy. He, Hulk stole the show in his four little things that he did. And Garut did the same thing. He stole the show by, you know, he, he, all he has to do is make his presence known about three, four times, like Hulk punching, uh, I mean, yeah, Hulk punching um, Loki. You know, it's, it, it's just. Uh... It's easy to steal a show when you don't have that many words. Yeah, that, that was my favorite part in the movie when Loki starts back and Hulk and Hulk just pounds him into the ground. <laughs> just slams him, yeah. Puny god. <laughs> did you? Did any of you guys see the... There was a YouTube clip uh, that was put up of Vin Diesel recording his lines for Groot in all the different languages. Because usually when, when you have it going to other countries, they get somebody else... To record to record all the voices, but because all he's got to say, yeah, because all he's got to say learn that much. They had like there's a clip of him doing it in Russian and I think Korean and Spanish. So you know it's like yo soy Groot, and it's just like it's so silly, but but it works. It's awesome. Not to take it way off topic, but did anyone see the Deadpool thing on YouTube? Ah, the clips that uh, didn't Marvel Fine, take my... back down. Yes. Yeah, uh, Mar- Marvel took them back down, but yeah, uh, I-, I did happen to see them, and it, it could have made for a really, really cool movie. Uh, unfortunately, I guess that was uh, way early in development, and they canceled whatever they were doing, but yeah, that would have made some that, really cool stuff. That looks fun. Mm-hmm. It looked fun. <laughs> it, did, it did look like a lot of fun, and everything that Deadpool was supposed to be, as opposed to that just abysmal uh, X-Men Origins thing where it's like, hey, we're going to take the funny guy and we're going to sew his mouth shut. <laughs> it's like, really? Well, wasn't the, what are you doing? Wasn't the after clip of him taking picking up the uh, the head and looking at it and being like, what the, what the hell? One of. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, like, I, I do like remember. Six different end clips or yeah. something like that. Oh, so bad. Do that movie. Uh, it, was, it was just, just terrible. Right, like so- watching watching a DC movie. Anyway. I'm gonna I'm gonna push on through past Guardians. The only thing Chug. I'm gonna say 
and I posted this on Facebook because I am very much against spoilers myself, was best soundtrack ever. <laughs> Hands down. Um, the, the other book that I took, to, took a look at this, well, out of many that I want to talk about this week, my, uh, my local comic shop gave me the Vertigo Defy 2014 preview book. And normally that goes into the bag and doesn't even come out of the bag until it goes into the garbage. I'm not big on the sneak peek type books, but I took a moment and I was looking at it because I don't know much about Vertigo. I'm not a big Vertigo reader. And there was a book in there called Bodies that piqued my interest because it seems this is supposed to be coming out this week, allegedly. I haven't verified that, but... It did. It did? did? Yeah. Wait, it's coming because it's stated that it's coming out the 30th. And is that... The release date did that come out? Yeah, the Spurrier bodies. Yes, yes. yes. Okay, fantastic. But when I went into my shop, they didn't have it. So maybe it was a delivery issue or whatnot. But that's besides the point. It's four concurrent murders in extremely different time periods, and it's all the same style, same murder style, and. I'm a big anthology guy. I like seeing sort of the same story running different time periods. It just seems the, the art changes so drastically from time period to time period. The, the, the writing style in just this, what, four, maybe five pages of introduction. Like I was hooked. And the, the Cy Spencer, Dean Ormstrom, Phil Winslade, Megan Hetrick, and Tula Latoya. It, it's, Everybody gets kudos, in my opinion, and I'm planning on, you know, picking this up the next time I head into my shop and, and giving it a full review. But I never. How do you guys feel about the previews books? Like the one two-page intro. Is that enough to get you hooked on a book? Normally but, not. Yeah, not for me either. And mm-hmm. I usually pick books by yeah by mm-hmm. publisher, but also artist and and writer. And the two pages, three pages doesn't really do for anything for me. That's why I like the image when they when they release like a, a you know double sized outcast kind of book. And I, I need more meat. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like one one or two one or two pages, not really going to do it for me. But but at the same time, I kind of know what I'm going to pick up uh, before I I don't even really have to look at the preview. You know, based on the writer, based on the artist, I'm going to pick it up. You know, to get in our uh, obligatory Warren Ellis plug for the week. <laughs> if, if Warren Ellis is writing a book, I'm going to buy it. Right? That, that's yeah, the there is to it. <laughs> oh, can we do a Warren Ellis drinking game? That would be amazing. We could try, but we he, all would be really, really drunk. What? A, that's cool. That's fine. I think he would appreciate it. From what I know of Warren Ellis, I think he would be into that. But yeah, I mean, I, I get why they do it because, you know, it's money's tight, man. It's. You know, people are broke these days, as they say, uh, to somewhat edit the quote from Friday. And, you know, I got the I got the Valiant preview book and I have not even opened it. Yeah, it's I don't know. I know. But it, it, it's not for me. But, you know, my point is, is that I wouldn't even know at the book bodies had I not seen the snippets of the interiors like it's not there's so many books on the shelf there's so many released titles and you know depending on how your your local shop is set up because i only do brick and mortar is there could be you know 300 books on the wall yeah because you know they got to keep a couple of the older ones out and you know there's companies and titles that you would never ever say i want to pick that up but it's got to be on the shelf because someone wants to pick it up i would have blown right past bodies because it would fall somewhere in between you know batman and blue whatever you know <laughs> i didn't even know it came out and and i went to my brick and mortar this week and and i went at like 12 o'clock so it was right when they opened and uh i didn't even i passed right by it didn't even get it didn't even know it until you said something but now but now i'll check it out yeah i mean i everything i saw said it was supposed to be out I, there were some reviews up for it online so perhaps i'm wrong i just i know for me like the, it, it was the writer who kind of I had heard about the book and I was like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. But I, I, I'm not a big Cy Spurrier fan. 
mm-hmm. uh, mostly because of X-Men Legacy when when the Marvel Now stuff relaunched. I, I just couldn't get into that book. It did nothing for me. So, uh, you know, that that would be a knock against it for me. The premise itself, though, sounds really cool. Yeah, yeah, it, it really, really is. And with the, the preview, you know, the four pages, it just says names. It doesn't say who's doing what. It doesn't say, you know, except for a variant cover by David Finch. Um, like, I don't know who, which artist is doing which time period. I don't know who's writing, if it's the same person straight through the whole book or they're getting, you know, different writers for each of the time periods. Like, it's, but I'm still intrigued, so I am going to end up picking it up, and it says, in stores, July 30th, so. Yeah, I know, I know uh, Phil Winslade, one of the guys you mentioned, he did a, a, a Spider-Man Daredevil book uh, a few years ago. I say a few, it's probably like 10 years ago now, but he did a, uh, a Spider-Man Daredevil miniseries, and I, I think it was written by, by Bendis, and he's got a very classic, like, 60s kind of art style. Very early Marvel stuff, but it's very clean. He's very good. Well, I will be the judge of that. <laughs> <laughs> what other uh, uh, stories were in there? Um, you know, it'd like to have a, a recap on the back page, but it's uh, Vertigo Quarterly, Sandman, Overture. Uh, the names, Mr. Punch, 20th anniversary, Tommy Taylor, the ship that sank twice, Astro City, uh, View from Above, and Through Open Doors. It, it breaks it down for like the rest of the year. Hmm. So I don't know why they're highlighting specific titles because I'm sure Vertigo puts out a hell of a lot more than what's listed here. But uh, another one, I'm um, just hold on. The names, number one, is supposed to be coming out in September, and The Kitchen, number one, is coming out in November. Outside of that, everything else is – and bodies, number one. Outside of that, it's either later on in the series or, like, hard covers or soft covers that have already been released. Vertigo has been really on the, on the slide lately. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I read the, the Wake finish this week, and it was uh, – oh, it wasn't anything to write home about. I'm not reviewing it. That says enough. <laughs> See, yeah. I, I've been waiting that, – that makes me very sad because I've been waiting to read that um, in one shot. You know, yeah, I, I, it's only ten issues, and it felt rushed at the end. Yeah, did it really? That's yeah. a shame. Sandman's been Murphy. busy, man. He can't yeah, do everything. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, so many of the of the Vertigo books, though, feel better to me in in trade. You know, why the last man, uh, Trans Metropolitan Preacher, like the the big Vertigo books, even Sandman and and all that stuff. I, they just seem like perfect perfect trade paperbacks. As opposed to single issues, but that makes me sad to hear that that the wake wasn't. Well, you tell me. Wasn't tell great. me what you think about. Yeah, well, I'll let you know. Maybe All next week. All right. Well, well, Dan, let's uh, let's move over. Uh, what about you, man? What have you been reading? Um, I, two things that I wanted to highlight on this week. The first one is the new uh, Sinestro book. Uh, issue four came out this week, and it's written by Cullen Bunn. And the original artist for the first two issues was Dale Eaglesham who is just a superstar classic artist. He's great. And I believe the, I believe that it switched over to rags Morales for issues three and four. And I'm not a huge rags Morales guy. I I just don't think he really fits the, the tone of the book, the book itself though. I'm really surprised at how much I'm enjoying it. I'm a big green lantern fan. I love everything everything that Jeff Johns did with with the rebirth and and just the the story that he built from the rebirth of Hal Jordan up until you know up until just very recently when the new writers took over all the books I thought was really great stuff there were some some high points and some low points and you know the blackest night stuff maybe wasn't as great as I thought or hoped it was going to be, but I still really, really enjoyed it. So when he left all the books, I was, I was really kind of bummed. I think he did an awesome job with, uh, with Sinestro in particular. So getting this book from Cullen Bunn basically tells the story now of Sinestro getting the green Lan- or the, the yellow lantern core, the Sinestro core back. Right. It, it starts off and he's very much presented as almost like a, a warrior monk 
kind of on his own. He's in this this cave and like there's this crazy tiger thing and he's given this this good monologue about controlling fear and using fear as a weapon. You know, typical Sinestro type stuff. But he is then found by Lissa Drac, who is the keeper of the book of Parallax during the all the Sinestro core stuff, right? So now that the book has been destroyed, she is the book of Parallax. It's written all over her skin. She contains all the information. Like, it's just this kind of a cool uh, character development. She almost has become prophetic in, in the series of telling Sinestro what's going to happen, how things are going to play out, and that he really has no choice but to go along with these things, right? So it's kind of, kind of cool character development there. He ends up going back, and Arkillo, the big monstrous-looking alien guy, is, is in charge of the core, and he's taken the Sinestro core and made it a shell of its former self which if you know anything about the Sinestro character, that's the thing that will set him off, right? He is all about protection, right? Even though, even though he goes about it in the weirdest kind of way, everything Sinestro does, he believes he is doing good, right? And it's what I find so interesting about his character. So Colin Bunn sets up this, uh, this interesting enemy for him to combat in the first couple of issues, Right, and you keep hearing about this. They're almost like a religious group, and they're they're looking to purge everybody of all their emotions, and and they seem like they're going to be this big bad setup. And then all of a sudden, in issue four, it's like, oh, they're here. Oh, they're done. Oh, well, okay. That oh, I was a, oh, I'm sorry. We're we're moving on past them. All right, then I guess it. You know, so that like it was a bit of a letdown in issue four. You know, this thing that we granted we've only been building for three issues, but they seemed like they were going to be really cool, and it was like, oh, uh, sure, I, right next, and you know, so that was a bit disappointing. But overall, the book, the book's really good. I really like it. You know, minus the minus the Rags Morales art, which, like I said, just doesn't really jive for me. This is good. If you like Sinestro, it's good Sinestro stuff. The character work is solid. Uh, issue four ends with the obligatory, hey, look, it's Hal Jordan, and he'll be in the book for the next however many issues, which may end up being a little cheap and ruining the book, but we'll uh, we'll see. I definitely think, though, that it's, uh, it's worth giving it a shot if you're, if you're into any of the Green Lantern mythology that, that Jeff Johns built up. Dan, what was the, uh, the other book? Uh, the other one was Low, <laughs> the new um, the new image book by uh, Rick Remender. And th- the really cool thing about this book is, and I think, I don't remember if Chris mentioned it on the air uh, last time we were talking or not. He might have mentioned it on the Stone Age Gamer. But Low is a new series out from Image. Um, it is Rick Remender and Greg Takini, T- I believe is the how you pronounce the artist's name. I could be wrong, but it's set in a world where humans have gone underwater, right? They, they have not been on the surface of the planet for I, millions of years, right? It's set off in the distant future. And there's a group of people that back in the day when humans first went underwater, they were able to interface with these machines and they were able to kind of protect and and run society and keep you know invaders and all that sort of stuff away and now we're down to one left right and this guy is it opens up with a conversation between him and his wife and he's talking about taking his daughters out to show them how to use this machine because only his family can interact with it so it set it up and it it got me at least because the whole time I'm reading this I'm like all right they're going to get they're going to get in the thing they're going to go out and then the kids are going to get murdered right and that's going to be our story because that's the way every comic book story goes the kids get the kids get hurt and now the dad has to go on the the revenge thing but that's not what happens the there's this group of of outsiders to this society and it seems very much um almost like uh, the way 70s movies were set up, where you have this, this nice society up on a hill, and then you've got all these other people that are trying to get in there and get everything you have. So they come in and attack the ship. They end up hurting the dad. 
ripping out one of his eyeballs because that's how you operate the machine. It's it's ocular identification. So they don't need his whole body. They just take his eye, which is it's brutally drawn. The reaction on the faces of the kids is absolutely heartbreaking. You know, they're they're absolutely terrified. The wife is freaking out because she basically told him, I don't want you to go any damn way. And now we're here, you know, so kind of a I was right kind of thing. Um, told you so. Yeah, told you so. Look, look what happened now. Right. And the kids eventually, instead of getting killed, end up getting taken hostage by this group of outsiders. And you don't really know much about these outsiders to begin with. They're, like Remender doesn't really give you anything about them other than the fact that they want into the society, they want to take it over. So I'm, I'm guessing as we go throughout the story here that you'll get some sort of background as far as these were people who used to be in charge or related to people who were in charge, that sort of thing. I could be wrong, uh, but definitely worth picking up. The, the artwork by, by Takini was stellar, just beautifully drawn. And he gets to draw all these really cool and interesting mechanical designs for the city and these weird sea monsters and stuff. It's just a really cool book. I took a look at the artwork whilst you were speaking about it and his renditioning of, I don't know, some cross between an eel-like character or a fish, Mm -hmm. really long. I mean, it's beautifully done. Yeah, yeah, the the work in it, it's gorgeous. It's very very soft and ethereal. Uh, The characters, you know, you still get the nice expressions when it's not over detailed, but yet at the same time, the cities are very detailed. It's, it's hard to explain. Uh, it's very, um, uh, you know, you feel light on the pencils, but at the same time, you see heavy saturations, blacks too. And it's just great. It drove the story along nicely. Uh, I enjoyed it, um, tremendously this book. Uh, I thought the stories was good and, um, I'll do the next one, but I, it relates a lot to black science. I don't know if it, it's weird. Remender's doing, Two books that are exactly the same and not anything alike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely got while I was reading it, I was definitely picking up a, a very black science kind of vibe to it, which uh, which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing. Like, I'm I'm very no. stoked to see where this book goes. I mean, Remender is uh, is killing it right now. I mean, dude, dude is on fire. Even Uncanny Avengers, I think, is still awesome. And this book couldn't be as different from that, you know. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah, the the artwork is is absolutely gorgeous. Though you're, you're right, it's it's very a very light on the pencils, but tons of detail still packed it's in very there. Very strange, yeah. It's yeah, strange. it's it, it's. I read it on my iPad as well. Um, so I mean, everything just popped. It it looked amazing. Very cool. Very very cool. All right, Nick Soul, we're on to you, yeah. man. Yeah, so, you know, I wanted to do Black Science after Low because there are two Remender books, um, and this book is Remender and Scalera doing pretty much the same thing and nothing like it at all. Because, uh, so, in this, uh, in Black Science, you, you got this guy who creates the team. His name is Kadir. The team is made out of Grant, um, a, a girl named Rebecca that he's having an affair with. The two kids are there that day, uh, a security guard and another scientist. And um, so they, they create this thing called a pillar, and the pillars jump from dimension to dimension. And so they, they start up the machine, and it jumps through different dimensions. So you go into Earth, but not Earth at all. Uh, one dimension, they sold their alter egos. Another dimension, they went to, um, it was more of like World War One, where the Germans were fighting the Americans, but it wasn't us white guys. It was the Native Americans with futuristic technology. And one of their guys um, is actually in their group now. So we have this Indian chief who is a shaman at the same time, uh, you know, great with technology and has all these different technological you know, tools on him at the same time. They went to another uh, dimension where they had to do uh, rescue a female stripper frog from these frog <laughs> people. And it was amazing. Mateo, Mateo Scalera creates these worlds that are uh, in depth, uh, beautiful, horrific. Uh, they're mind bending. In this latest story, uh, they. Um, uh, so I don't want to give you too much away what happened in the first arc because it's it's very game changing, and I, I love what Remender is doing with it. So now just jump forward into this this arc. Uh, everyone has jumped to a new dimension. What they do, they just jump to dimension to dimension, trying to find their way back home. And uh, you know they're either on the run from 
you know, people that are attacking them or they're trying to get things to fix the pillar because, you know, something always has to happen with it to, to create the book. <laughs> so <laughs> in this one, um, they went to uh, this group that it's they were held hostage. The kids were by these it's a cross between like a T-Rex and like a Ridley Scott alien. You can see right on the cover if you guys pull that up. And I don't know how to explain it, but it's creepy. It's cool. And um, I, I bought it the whole time. I thought it was real. And, and I, you know, I really could feel like if you could dimension hop, these would characters that could exist. So it's really cool. And at the end, there was a big cliffhanger. Uh, so uh, and if it goes the way it's been going, I think this could be a short series if this could, if it's not a cliffhanger. <laughs> if it's what happened, this series could be over quickly because they're, they're losing heads quickly. <laughs> but, you know, so it, it's just like low. It, it's a family dynamic. Um, it's on Earth. Uh, it's an adventure. Uh, but it, it's not like low at all because all the character interactions are different. You know, it's the family talks are different. In Low, you have this very positive mother character who always thinks things are going to be all right. And then in Black Science, you have like this one guy, the Kadir, the, the, the guy who created the group was actually a bad guy. And now his role has changed. And, and so all the dynamics are always changing. And, and he really has a good voice on, on a good family and a bad family and, and all these different interactions, which is really cool. So you can see how their two books are exactly the same. It's a family on the run, you know, and, and, but they are totally different. It's, it's amazing that, that he could write these two books and, and still, you know, be so close and so different. And then I want to read both of them and continue it. And at the same time, I don't even think this is his, his best book from image. I still think deadly class is the best. And, and when that comes out again, I'm, I'm definitely going to review that one. <laughs> yeah. Deadly, deadly class is great. Well, and and the thing about Lowe and uh, and Black Science too. If any of you guys have ever read his uh, Fear Agent run that started at Image and I think it finished up at Dark Horse, it it fits very well in with with that kind of mold too. In difference being in Fear Agent, it was about one guy instead of the family, but they they again have that same like this feels like a connected story. They're they're similar themes and tropes that he's playing off of, yeah, but but different enough and, and just really good. I mean, Remender is, he, he's one of the best. I mean, this guy is just awesome. Very cool. Very cool. So, uh, Nick, do you got anything else for us? Yeah, I was going to do, um, chew. They put out a, a, another polio one shot. Oh man. And, oh, and that chicken. It, it is fantastic <laughs> and it is fun, but it is not really not much to review. I just say, go get it. It's a, it's a fun book. And then there's big, like, uh, splash pages at the end of, of, of Poyo doing crazy things, and it, it's it's unbelievable. But what I wanted to talk about was uh, Cyclops, uh, and it, I, I think this is a, a fantastic book. I forgot who is it by, but it, it's basically um, 70s Cyclops. You know how the all-new Mexmen came back, and uh, they're, they're in this world because of... Uh, the whole Battle of the Atom stuff, which was kind of fitted out, but all of a sudden you got this cool all-new X-Men. The old X-Men are back with, even though they put on shitty costumes, they, they <laughs> at, least, at least Cyclops is out of that costume now because he's off in space with his dad. And what was it? Uh, Corsair? Is that Corsair. Yeah. Corsair. Yeah, so so the book is, is by Greg Rucka. And uh, Dalterman, you know, we, we love I love Ruckus stuff. I'm reading Lazarus right now. It's, I think that's one of the, of the better books on the shelves. And uh, but, but this is this is a cool Marvel take where it's it's just a, a cosmic journey between uh, the dad and, and, and the son. Uh, you know, the son thought the dad was dead. And to, to be to never really have that experience with them. So it's like these two people that are trying to fi- figure out what their relationship is. But they already have a bond because it's father son. And the son is grateful that the dad's alive and, and the, the dad is grateful to, to see his son at a young age. And so in this book, um, the dad is dying the way he was brought back to life because in Canada he got killed um, was that he was injected with these nano machines and now he's got to go all over different galaxies and get stuff to feed those machines to it's their energy so um every single time they go to a different place cyclops sees his dad in these back alleys 
buying something from you know who knows who and so he finally confronts him in this issue and it's like dad what what are you doing you what drugs are you on that you have to go to these places and we're getting chased <laughs> out by everyone attacked by everybody and he's just saying that you know it's, it's not really drugs it's it's something that the government doesn't want us to have because they don't want these nano machines to take control of a body so they outlawed the nano machines but you on the black market you can still get the, the feed for them and and that's what they're doing so it's 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 this family dynamic um and then they crash land on this island, on this planet, and, and it turns out that now Corsair only has 27 days to live because that's all the amount of um, fluid that he has for those machines. Uh, it, it, the, the artwork is, is unbelievable. It feels a lot like Frank Quietly stuff, but it actually comes out on time, which is mind-blowing. <laughs> Hey, be nice. <laughs> so far, this book has come out monthly, and I think it's the same quality as it. I, I love Jupiter's Legacy right now, and I think this book has the same kind of feel. Uh, it's it's that cartoony style, but at the same time, it's it's very uh, grounded in in you know kind of reality of shapes and and. Uh, five o'clock shadows for beards you know the hair is all light and and the the worlds that he creates are, are really cool and i think it's a great book I, I definitely recommend it to everyone it's so i don't think it's going to be going on forever i don't think ruck is going to be on it forever so you might as well just check out his run he, he's a great writer and uh it's, it's a fun book who act who was doing the art i'm sorry um dalterman i want to say okay um, I'm going back. Yeah, Russell Dalterman. Yeah, I've, I haven't heard of him, but it's it's unbelievable. I think he did. I did look him up, and he did. Uh, I think two issues of Nightwing, but I fell off on that book, so I didn't read them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Cyclops might be the character that I have done the biggest flip flop on, because before to to steal from wrestling, before turning him heel, yeah, you know, it, it, with Avengers versus X Men. I just could not have cared any less about what was going on with Cyclops. But that's what makes this just, character so much cooler, yeah. though. It's the 70s Cyclops, and he comes back, and he's like, I'm a dickhead. I kill Xavier? <laughs> like, what? I am what? That's why he's like, okay, you guys can stay on planet. He's talking about the, the, the old X-Men. He's like, but I'm out of here. <laughs> I got to go. I found my dad, and that guy's a dick, and that's who I'm going to be. Let me try this route, and this route, may, I may not end up as a dick. So, <laughs> yeah, they've they've done a really good job turning that character around. I I just never understood anybody who was like, yeah, I like Cyclops a lot. Why? He was awful character, yeah. awful depiction in the movies. But then as soon as this this whole storyline kicked off, Kyle oh, Cyclops per, is pretty awesome actually. And I, I like the, this a lot. Seventies X Men were going to be horrible in the in, in the present, but I love it. I, I, yeah, I it's I'll awesome. Do, I read this, you know, put, whatever book you're going to put them in, I'll, I'll go to it. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's great. Bendis, Bendis absolutely made a believer out of me anyway. Because I was, I think you and I talked about it before oh, too. We were like, this is stupid. Yeah. This is going to be. Yeah. Why are they going to do That's this? Even, <laughs> I don't care how it works. I just want more stories. <laughs> yeah, and now, yeah, it's like, whatever. That's cool. Keep them here. I'm I'm loving it. Awesome, awesome. So I guess it's up to me to, uh, to end this off. Well, I got a story before I go into the book I want to talk about. Uh, last last time we were on, we were talking a little bit about Charles Paul Wilson the third, and <laughs> I I kind of took a shit on him a little bit, and uh, I I need to retract my statement because he's a pretty fucking cool dude, and uh, if he ever happens to unearth this episode, I want him to know that uh, I I do enjoy his art and everything, and uh, I you know even though I don't like the turtles issue that I was talking about, uh, he's done a bunch of other amazing work so let me go on with what actually happened way way to backtrack Dean. yeah but um way, way yeah okay so so evan was uh uh trying to make me a believer out of charles paul wilson and he showed me a piece of art which i thought was actually quite amazing it was of superman and batman and it was a uh, very very like whimsical watercolory and uh version yeah it, 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 it was well yeah it, it was very very cool looking and i made a comment that said this is awesome but this isn't what i saw in the book now did you realize that i had tagged him no no i didn't <laughs> so uh we were finishing up the stone age gamer i think and i i i was typing that out i hit enter i 
minimize the window, and I go back to talking to Chris and Dan, and then all of a sudden, I hear ding, and I, I bring it back up, and sure enough, it says, Charles Paul Wilson III has commented on your post. I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, okay. So, this, this dude takes the time out of his day to be like, oh no, what book? And I'm like, uh, well, so we, we had a short conversation that it lasted all of like three or four comments, but I still felt like happy that, you know, this guy took the time out of his busy schedule to, to comment on someone like me who just kind of took a dump on his, uh, <laughs> art. And, and he was cool about yeah, it. Yeah. He, he, so that happens. Yeah. I, I, I was like, he's like, Oh no, a book. I was like, yeah, you know, uh, your art and stuff. A legend is great. And this, this picture that Evan just showed me is fantastic, but I just wasn't a fan of turtles. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know what was wrong or different. And he's like, ah, that's okay. And I'm like, uh, all right. I, I think I want you to be my new best friend. <laughs> so uh yeah that that was pretty cool. I just wanted to mention that real quick and uh, I will be like tagging him on Twitter and stuff just to be like, "Yeah, Charles Paul Wilson read his stuff cuz he's awesome. He's an awesome guy and an awesome artist." So, yeah, I just figured I'd throw that out there. Uh, <laughs> Way to stick to your journalistic integrity, yeah. sir. Well, I, I don't I don't have any journalistic integrity, so this is a podcast unfortunately, so no 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 journalistic integrity whatsoever. But yeah, I, I just I just wanted to put that out there real quick. Um, I, I thought it was cool that you know, our someone would take the time out of their schedule to go and you know just see what book I I personally didn't like. You know, so neat neat. Uh, just to what say the turtle least. I thought was a vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> so glad you remembered that statement. <laughs> oh god, oh god. I hope he never hears that. Um, but yeah, the the book I wanted to talk about is uh. Mainly because someone got this book for me for my birthday last year, and I just got around to reading it. It's uh, Marvels by Kurt Busiek and Alex Ross. Alex Ross doing the art. Now, for any of you guys that don't know, I'm a huge Alex Ross fan when it comes to his art. Now, people can shit talk him all he wants for how he does his art or whatever. I don't. I don't care. Uh, it looks fantastic. It's crazy realistic. It has almost like a fifties painterly look to it I want to call it like it's not a photo but it's as close to a photo as you can get in like art form and uh, I I think it's just fantastic he he has a way of just making everything look great um so I I was I was reading this book and I I can't recommend it enough it takes these different points uh points of view from a journalist photographer uh through all different um uh, uh t- time frames i i guess uh starting with the early 40s before world war 2 uh with the first uh superhero ever coming out which would be in marvel uh continuity the original human torch which is an android kind of like almost like a frankenstein sort of deal uh and it it's it's really really cool um it starts going into the emergence of like superheroes and mutants and they handle mutants almost like racism and the civil rights movement back in the sixties. And it hit hard, man. Like I I was reading this book and I, you know, a few times I I just took, I put the book down for a second and I was like, wow, you know, the, the way they're handling this is as realistic as possible as you can get with something just like comic book characters. Uh, you know, and, and it, it kind of shined a light on how we handle things in everyday life, whether, you know, it, it be wars coming about or stuff like the civil rights movement or, you know, racism or, you know, excluding people and whatnot. And I thought the book was fantastic and I just couldn't get enough of it. The The end was a little, little running out of steam for me, I guess, but I, it ended up, you know, fair enough. Um... I just I, again, all the content in the book would make up for anything the end lacked, and I, I was so happy with this. I mean, ha, have any of you guys read it? Oh uh, yeah, I read it when it was coming out issuely, and it was beautifully, beautifully done artwork wise, and um, it's a really, really well done story. It, it's it's um, like true to form for uh, Ross's artwork. I mean, he he has. I haven't seen a picture of his that I didn't like. Um, so. For the artwork alone, it's worth just looking at, and story-wise, it, like you said, it's fantastic. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in the same boat, man. I I read it when it was when it was coming out in in single issues, and while I am not the biggest Alex Ross fan, and and mostly I think my my displeasure with his artwork comes from the fact that I don't look at his dad as Superman. You know what I mean? Like, because that's that's kind of the thing when when you're a kid, you know you have your, your picture of what you picture a Superman to be. And for me, it's, it's never been Alex Ross's dad. <laughs> you know, it was, it was my dad when I was a kid. And then when you grow up and get, you know, whatever, you know, you, you, these things change your opinions on it, whatever. But it is an absolutely gorgeous book. I mean, there is no taking away just how, how insanely talented both of those guys are. I mean, you know, Kurt Busiek is, is, just one of the most solid writers that there's ever been and and there is no denying the skill that Alex Ross has and and that book I think gets up there with with the seminal stories you know it's it's up there with Dark Knight Returns and as much as I don't like it it's up there with Watchmen as you know you've never read comic books you don't know what the big deal is with comic books here are the things you should read to prove to you that it is a legitimate art form yeah, yeah, and that that was the other thing. You know, I'm not a huge Marvel guy. I said it before. Um, so when I was reading this book and I saw this first Human Torch, the original one, and Namor going at it, which wasn't even Marvel continuity back then. That well, it was timely. Yeah, still. you know, and uh, them throwing this into you know this book, I totally blew me away because firstly, I didn't know there was another Human Torch besides the Fantastic Four one. So when I saw this guy, I was like, this is badass. This is this is freaking cool. And all like the little battles they had going through New York City and everything, I was beside myself just just watching, you know, all the different frames and whatnot going on and you know, the interaction, basically because it was taken from another person's perspective, this entire book, it was taken from the pr- photographer's perspective. It was fantastic. And not to spoil anything, but the whole Gwen Stacy stuff right at the end and just his trauma with it was fantastic. Oh, man, I... I, I felt what he was feeling. That that was that was the thing, you know. I, I normally don't get connected to a book like that and I, I did like this character I just I just felt, you know, what what he was going through and you know, the fact that he was trying to uh make a compelling argument against JJ Jameson, which was once his friend, uh to exonerate Spider Man of everything going on in this book, uh you know, and it all his hopes were dashed away just because of what happened to uh to Gwen in this book and oh man like it, it really got me uh you, it it pulled at my heartstrings to say the, the least you know and uh I uh, such such a great book if if you guys haven't even heard of it uh it's called Marvels by Kurt Busiek Alex Alex Ross you can buy it in trade paperback uh comes with all the uh the issues all in one book I I I can't recommend it enough yeah, I never never read it and uh, haven't really seen much of it. It sounds like a lot like uh, a mix between uh, the Spider-Man Blue and, and Kingdom Come. Uh, it's definitely yes. in the veins of Kingdom Come because it reinvents uh, these these heroes and puts together a lot of continuity that you know you wouldn't have really uh, guessed. And that's what makes it cool. It's a fresh take on you know a lot of stuff and it, it throws in a lot of things that you probably wouldn't have really thought of putting in a book in general because the Human Torch, uh, the original one, doesn't really get used all that much. And well, yeah, he's actually in a book right now. He's in uh, all new uh, Avengers, I want. No, no, all new... Invaders. Invaders, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. there you go. Oh, yeah, well, and, thanks for and making I heard look good like things an about that book, too, so <laughs> check it well, out. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but and um, if you guys know, isn't Vision... The original Human Torch. Yeah, well, it's different continu—not uh, continuities, but timelines that were split, but now they coexist with each other. Now, I, I think that's Something the way like, it works. Yeah, like, yeah. like they they put the artificial intelligence into the the android body or something like uh, something like that. Yeah, Human Torch has been like blown apart like three or four times <laughs> during his tenure. So yeah, it, it's all? yeah, uh, of course. Yeah, you know, I get blown apart every day. So haven't we all? <laughs> But uh, yeah, you know it happens. Yeah, of course it does. You know, <laughs> look it, at Polio right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! All right, yeah. So I I think that uh that pretty much sums up what we were going to be talking about today. Uh, Evan, 
We're 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 in the final stretch, aren't we, for uh, Garden State Comic Con, aren't we? Yes, we are. We're less than actually. It's like three weeks away. Um, we're you know finalizing everything, getting everything battened down. Um, we got the verification from Qbert that we're going to be giving them a full room, probably about ten nine tables. We're going to be doing portfolio reviews and having uh, students, teachers, past, present, so on and so forth. There. Um, like I said previously, it's Saturday, August 23rd. Uh, it is in Marstown, the Hyatt Headquarters Plaza. It's 3 Speedwell Avenue in Marstown, New Jersey. It's from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, general admission is $10. Um, we're going to be doing an early admission because some of the names of the artists that we're having there, we're given the opportunity for people to get in an hour early for 10 extra bucks because what's going to end up happening is lines are going to form for some of these people. Um, and that's about it. Okay, very cool. Very, very cool. Uh, Dan, Nick, you got anything to add? No, not at all. I'm definitely going to that Garden State Comic Con, though. Oh, good. We'll see you oh, there. I think, uh, <laughs> I, I think all of the uh, the Geek Life family uh, should be present at the Comic Con. Cool. And... Yeah, and, and you'll be in Staten Island by then, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> a boy. Yeah, no more South Texas for me. <laughs> I am so excited. I've got another uh, another... Uh, why I love wrestling article going up today. It's uh, it's pretty much done. I've just got to do a quick little edit on it, and it's uh, it's highlighting a little bit of Chikara Pro Wrestling, which is a promotion out in uh, Philadelphia. The cool thing about Chikara is that they basically run their wrestling promotion like a comic book. There's heroes and villains and a big overreaching story that runs season and it's uh they kill off characters it's pretty insane but it's a lot of fun so uh today and and continuing on with that series as well because damn it i'm not ashamed hey there's there's nothing wrong with wrestling so i i'm uh, i'm pretty happy you're 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 gonna be following up with that (laughs) evan and i might disagree on that one (laughs) well since i was five i'm not gonna stop now Well, I'm not hating on you, Dan. I, I like wrestling all the same. I appreciate it. Does that mean I have to like Care Bear still or something? Because no. I liked it when I was five. <laughs> yeah, I was so gonna go with peeing in your pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, only cool kids do that. <laughs> that or, Stop. That it, or outside. It's not worth it. <laughs> it's, it's all right, Dan. It's, it's okay. Uh, so the last thing I want to bring up is the marathon we'll be doing this Saturday coming into Sunday. Uh, which will be to benefit uh, our the, our little champion Martin, who has been battling leukemia. We'll be raising money for him uh, throughout the weekend through our Twitch channel. There will be a link directly to their website that they are raising money from. None of the money goes through us. We will not be handling anything. It goes directly to the family. We don't want anything to do with the money. In fact, so uh, yeah, uh, if if you guys can make it, you know, uh, show up. Watch with us for a little bit. Hell, we'll be doing a whole bunch of multiplayer games so you guys can participate. We'll be doing raffles for some giveaways and stuff. Actual computer hardware that I have accumulated over uh, many, many years. Um, some pretty cool stuff. So uh, if if you can make it, be there. Our uh, Twitch link is www.twitch.tv backslash geekg33k underscore life, L-I-F-E. If you got any questions about anything, whether it be the podcast, the website, our stream, uh, you want to tell us how much Dan sucks, how much he loves wrestling is stupid, uh, <laughs> how ugly his face is, uh, you can go ahead None and email us. None of these us. things are true. <laughs> I, am, I, am a, I am a handsome devil. Of course you are, Dan. Of course you are. Well, you can go ahead and email us about how beautiful Dan's face is. And wrestling's cool. <laughs> At, uh, yeah, of course it is. I know. I know. It's all right. Um, you can go ahead and email us about any of those things at geeklifesite at gmail.com. Once again, that's G33KLIFESITE at gmail.com. You can also go ahead and check out our website, www.geeklife.com. That's G33KLIFE.com. Uh, we got a whole bunch of podcasts coming out. Uh, whether it be Paper Cuts, which you're listening to right now, The Stone Age Gamer, all about retro video games, or The Geek Philosophers, which is just a whole mess of everything because we like to change it up on that one. 
Uh, yeah, just go check them out. We're all on iTunes, so every time there's a new episode out, you can go ahead and download it right away, or you can go ahead and listen right on our website as well. It opens up QuickTime Player or whatever MP3 player you got on your phone or device, uh, whatever you want to call it. Most people just use their phone nowadays. Um, and that, that's that's pretty much about it. So I guess we're going to wrap it up now uh, from all of us here at Paper Cuts. You guys have a good night. Bye. Bye. So long.